0: All right, guys, uh, welcome to Go Squawk episode number 18 with uh, Kenneth Suna, the uh, only show on the web where we select a beverage that profiles the guests that we are bringing on today. Um, today's hashtag, what drink are you? <laughs> yeah, hashtag, what drink are you? So today's guest is uh, Kenneth Suna. Um, he was trained to become a professional wrestler um, when an eight foot drop to the cement broke his back and ended that dream. Oh my God, jeez. Um, so it also says here that you've worked in the restaurant industry and the fitness industry for over eight years before becoming a professional self-taught stock stock trader. Sorry, um, and now you've been trading your pajamas for the last ten years.
1: That's it, man. <laughs>
0: Amazing. <laughs> amazing amazing man i love that so
2: let's uh chen start off with the drink selection we both put just so you guys know we both put a lot of thought into this so we'll take a battle in the comments section over who yeah the we'll take the battle in
0: the comments section who had the better drink selection for kenneth here all right all right so without further ado um i'm from toronto so we went to the lcbo and i got here a um over the top hop unfiltered india pale ale Nice. IPA called a Bone Shaker.
2: Perfect. There's <laughs> and, actually really good one. It's a strong. The, 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 oops, Chen, I think uh, you you blacked out there a little bit. Uh, okay. Well, while we wait for There's Chen? something that's strong, right? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Chen, we lost you there for a second. You wanna? Uh, we, we we lost you when you were talking about Bone Shaker. So could you just uh, fill in that last maybe? Oh. Time?
0: Yeah, your your internet. Okay. Goes- yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh- Oh, okay, that's uh, that's unfortunate. But anyways, I got you, a bone shaker uh, IPA here.
2: So,
0: yeah, so um, I, I figured, you know, because uh, Kenneth was Wrestler, you know bone should probably be, and plus it's 7% it's advertised as a strong beer so you know what what's better for a wrestler than a strong beer
2: oh yeah so yeah I, I actually keyed in on the wrestler aspect too it's a very manly thing to do and the manliest men I know drink mimosas oh yeah <laughs> so I have a fine <laughs> Chuck hard cider mimosa crack that bitch right now alright man I oh, could cheers. just, I could just Cheers, guys, I just feel the manliness pouring out of this mimosa right here. So, right. Uh, so,
1: welcome, Kenneth. <laughs>
2: Thank
0: you. Yeah. So, so welcome, Kenneth. Well, welcome to the show. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. So, what are you drinking? Uh, Pollen or Hefeweizen. I'm not even a real big drinker, but I figured I, I had a hunch. You guys were going to go beer for this one, so. <laughs> nice.
0: uh, <Finish> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we typically we typically go go beer on our selections. Um, you know, we we really should diversify. I mean, we got some wines from sponsors. Uh, we got some spirits and then liquor and stuff you like guys that. guys are in Canada, right? Uh, I'm actually, I'm out in Toronto, Canada. Okay. Yeah,
2: actually, uh, so funny story. The, the genesis of Ghostwalk began in Montreal when uh, Chen and I uh, you know, worked at a former institution and we became uh, best friends there. And basically, we uh, started Ghost Squawk while we both lived in Montreal. I moved back to Tampa. I'm from Florida. Okay. And uh, Chen actually moved back to where he's from, uh, in a uh, suburb of Toronto. So little interesting history yeah.
1: there Very cool. yeah where, where are you from kenneth i live in washington dc i'm born and raised washington dc oh yeah. my gosh okay. how, how
2: is it uh how, what's it like over there i heard it
1: was a war zone uh it, ha- it has been yeah a lot of protests um i was watching like i wanted to go to some of them um and i kept thinking like this is going to be the last day of the protests uh, you know i'm gonna i'm not gonna go and it kept they kept going on and on for like days and days and i just was like I want to be a part of it. I want my voice to be heard. I'm going to go. And I went like five or six days after like the whole George Floyd thing happened. And there were still like thousands of people there. Um, wow. Face to face with right. you know, armed guards wearing like g- belts with grenades on them. And I was like, this seems a little extreme. Um, <laughs> it was, yeah. It crazy, little crazy
2: times. I think, um, you know, part of, part of the issues is we've had, and, uh, you know, an economic lockdown for the past three months uh, before, before George Floyd happened, then all of a sudden – and people were uh, depressed economically to begin with because the issues that happened in 2008 – maybe you could comment on this, uh, on your thoughts on this – is that the issues that happened in 20, 20, 2008 never really were ameliorated, right? So now we have uh, the rightful um, incendiary act that really just let the, the kindling that um, basically burned all this uh, pent-up aggression that was f- feeding, and rightfully so. Right.
1: No, I agree. It's been very tense.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: That's it's, pretty great. Have you um have you positioned yourself to take advantage of this in the markets at all?
1: Um, I, I just I have this like never-ending like uh, pessimism that something you know the the floor is going to get pulled out. So I'm all of my trades like usually usually my trades are very like medium long-term kind of swing trades. You know, I'll buy and I'll hold for like two or three weeks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But lately, I've been—you know—I mean, these markets are so wild. Yeah. That, uh, mm-hmm. you, know, you can you can be up ten or fifteen percent on something on Monday, and then down yeah, yeah.
0: like down. Here, yeah, yeah. Next day. So, yeah. You, you, admin- Wait, are you are you are you're an active trader, right?
2: Yeah, that's what I was going to get at. You
0: Oh, okay. Man, like I think you're like a first active trader, guest. <laughs> really? All right. Yeah. Very cool. most, well, most most people we've interviewed are either like personal um, financial advisors, crypto traders, okay. uh, subject matter
2: experts, that kind of thing. So Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and a lot of influencers things like that. So, um, I, you know, I, I just wanted to key in on the trading aspect real quick We can jump right in. Um, that you, you know you mentioned that you traded stocks in particular when you say stocks do you mean like s&p 500 futures contracts or you actually are a stock trader and like if it, you are individual you,
1: stocks exactly like ETFs.
2: So. so do you use uh, leverage or are you just trading uh, the raw
1: amounts no just the raw amount. I, I don't nice. uh, trade on margin or anything and it's it's, it's oh uh, man uh, it's individual shares i don't do options i've tried options um over and over uh there was this guy at my gym many years ago who was a big options trader. Okay. And uh, he was like, You should be trading options. And I tried and I didn't understand it. I lost like, I think I made like 10 options trades within the span of like a couple of weeks and I lost on like nine of them. Mm-hmm. And um, I was mm-hmm. like, hey, no, This isn't for me. And then I, I was doing better with individual stocks. Speaking of which,
2: Squawk options course coming, just saying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just had to plug ourselves <laughs> there. But, Do like uh, a promo code? Yeah, for sure. For sure you will. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, options just have never been my thing. I just never had luck with them. And um, I've been trading okay. individual stocks for 10 years.
0: Have you, um, have you tried dabbling in the uh, the futures market at all?
1: No, not really. Um, no.
0: <laughs> no? Okay. Now, how, how do you approach trading individual stocks? I mean, like one of my biggest pet peeves with the stock market is that there's millions of individual stocks that you can trade, right? Right. So obviously, it starts off with like a good stock screener. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, you have to screen all of that, and then you know, there's all that uh, micro fundamental mumbo jumbo that people like to look into the balance sheet to get an edge. Yeah. You know, and that that really never plays out because, you know, the the Fed kind of fucked that up for everybody. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> you know. So how, how do you, how do you approach this? How do you find like individual stocks that you're interested in, and yeah. and, and you know make a play?
1: Um, it's a variety of different things from screeners to even even like I have the news on in the background. Um, so I'm always just kind of paying attention. Like I always take what they say with a huge grain of salt, right? Because you never know what their personal agenda is on like CNBC or whatever. But if I have a story on in the background, yeah. and like, oh, uh, you know, there was a plane crash and Boeing stock is tanking. I'm like, ah. And so I'll think about like, maybe I could make a trade on Boeing. Whether, you know, it's like shorting it or buying it on the hope of a rebound or, you know, they'll say like, oh, AMC is reopening some theaters and I can jump in for a quick scalp. I also have screeners though that I use. Okay. So I I tend to just stick to like a a couple of stocks that I know really well. Yeah, that's a really great
2: um, strategy because, you know, there's... One thing that I tell people, like when we have a lot of new people who are starting to learn, it's like, listen, when you're new, look at all the products, you know, look at the Australian dollar, look at gold, look at whatever. But at the end of the day, you want to pick like one or two that Mm -hmm. you really, really know and really, really know well, right? Because gold behaves very differently from the S&P, which behaves very differently from bond products, for example, like uh, the 10-year treasury note. And we trade futures contracts on all of those things, right? So as you know, there are certain generalities that you can have with the technicals and so forth. But when you really get to know that product, um, you know, there are certain things that it's just, it's little nuances, you know what I mean? So uh, what kind of nuances have you noticed uh, in between different stock products? Like, uh, let's say like a high beta, um, high liquidity stock versus like a low beta. Have you noticed any like tendencies in their behaviors?
1: Um, mostly for me, it comes down to recognizing their trading patterns, you know, um, you specific go. stocks, specific stocks will trade in certain set ranges, right? And right. I mean, not forever, but you know, as long as they stick to that range, you can generally gauge and have a better understanding of like, uh, Oh, this particular stock bounces between uh, $3 and 50 cents and $3 and 90 cents. It never Ooh. goes below. It never really goes above. So anytime it starts to get in that three dollar and fifty cent range, I start, you know, scaling in and buying, um, and then yeah. as it gets closer to say three ninety or whatever, I start selling. And yeah. you know, I don't that, know if that, this happens so- to you, but usually my luck is when I dump something, it it automatically like just skyrockets.
2: Yeah, that, that's actually <laughs> one, one of one of, one of you, you. Well, you mentioned I have two things to say about that. You have, one is that you mentioned one of the most. Um, reliable, I guess, ways to trade. I mean, nothing's really reliable in trading, but you know what I mean? Establishing that value area, right? So we we have this kind of standard deviation of where the price should be. And it kind of, when it knocks on the boundaries, unless there's a trend or something like that, you always have to consider external factors. It's probably a good idea that it's going to go where it's gone before, okay. And the second aspect, um, you know, once once you cut your cut your trade, either uh, you know a stop loss or profit target, then it goes in and rips on you. Yeah. And that that's I think every trader has experienced that. But what we have to keep in mind and listen, maybe, man, maybe this maybe this could put your mind at ease with that when that happens again because it will. It's just like, look, man, did you have a green day? Right? right, and the issue is risk <laughs> management. Okay, so I remember I used to have these battles with Chen. It's like, oh, if I would have held longer, I could have gotten forty ticks. Blah blah blah. And it's like, yeah, but let's rewind <laughs> the clock because risk management is not about winning one particular trade. It's about winning the set of all possible trades. Mm-hmm. So what you're not thinking about is how many trades did you um, make that money, and then it retraced on you, and you would have you would have right. ended up break even or even less. That's yeah. the worst feeling in the world when you see yourself. You're on side. You see all the zero. At the end, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh,
1: and it's gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I, I tell a lot of people who write me on TikTok, and they say, if I had held it, and I'm like, but you you made money, you didn't lose money, you hit, you had a goal, right? That's what I always talk about is like, make sure you have a goal, and if you hit that goal, then it's a success. And like, of course, it's going to suck if it if it rips and goes like 15 higher right after you sell it, but your goal was your goal, and you hit it, so. You know. that,
0: that's actually really good advice. I, I usually um, look at the market percentage-wise um, in relations to, to the capital that you have at risk. Uh, that's a good way to, to ascertain like your goal um, for most people. Because I don't know about you, but um, through my experience I in, in encountering new traders, I find that one of the most difficult things is not getting in the trade. It's getting out the trade. Right. And, um, you know, and a lot of people don't quite understand that, you know, something that's gone up 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50%, uh, it could go up more. Right. It could. Right. But the likelihood of it is, you know, a lot lower than it pulling back. Right. And if you have a goal, right. A set goal in relate usually in relations to your capital that you have a trade, um, you can manage your trade and exit your position much, uh, much easier and with less stress, right? I mean, like somebody trading with like a ten thousand dollar trading account, you know, if you if you say, all right, my goal today is to make a ten percent return, right? If you're up ten percent, you know, why are you still in the trade? <laughs>
1: right,
0: you know, like most people, you know, like it's it's that aspect of greed in the market that really another uh, clouds the judgment.
1: I, I talk sure. about that a lot, and I tell people just to be a little less greedy than everyone else. Yeah,
2: Rothschild was actually asked one time, uh, how did he make his fortune? And he said, I always took profits too early. And I teach that in my risk management module. I like that. Yeah. 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 So, w- one question for you um, in, in, in terms of the risk management, because this is a huge topic of mine. I am not concerned at all with your profits, I'm concerned with your risk management. And by you, I mean my students, right? So, um, one thing that I impress upon them that I've noticed is a consistent beginner mistake. Uh, you know, everybody knows, thinks of risk management in terms of profit target and stop loss, right? So is a free lesson for all you l- listeners out there on risk management. One, the other two aspects of the trade that they don't necessarily uh, consider or they don't put weight on are two things, right? The entry price and trade management. Okay, so I was wondering, in your experience with your followers and your listeners, have you seen those two issues pop up with them in their trades? You know, and, and I'll, I'll give you an example, right? Almost every single time uh, in, in every class, I'll have a student that says, you know, Danny, I, I enter these trades and I just keep getting stopped out. And I'm like, what, you know, my, my little gem of advice is that if that's happening, your stop loss should actually be your entry position, right? And you just have to be more patient. So I was yeah. wondering if you saw that in your listeners as well.
1: Um, yeah, I have a lot of, uh, people who, who have that problem where they, they got out too early or they got in too late. Um, and, and so what Shen was saying is people will, um, they'll see a stock that's gone up like 50, 60% and they, they're kicking themselves cause they didn't buy it two days ago or they missed out or they didn't know about it. And so they want to buy it today after it's already had this massive rally or massive run and they mm-hmm. don't take into consideration, like... It's already had, it's already gone up 70%. What do you, what do you expect that it's going to go up another? <laughs> I had
2: this conversation with Chen on Apple. Did I not buddy? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I was like, we yeah, yeah. this this time next year we're gonna be looking at each other high fiving that we got Apple when it was in the hundred dollar handle. He's like, now nah, I'm gonna hold out for a hundred even. I'm like, is there 107? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yo, man, I agreed with you. I scaled in, man. <laughs> and, I got, a, he
0: did, I followed in, I followed in at one because they pulled they pulled back to like 105. And then it went back up, and I'm like, "Oh fuck! Now or never! Now or never!" Yeah, yeah, exactly. and so I'm like, "All right, FOMO, FOMO! I'm getting in." But even the FOMO, even the FOMO price was the same price that you entered in. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, no, you're absolutely right, man. I think I, I really think you know, in a year from now, you know, it's it's gonna be like, all right, man, that that Apple trade's gonna pay for all our drinks.
2: Yeah, and we'll, we'll get, don't worry, we'll get it, our, our, our chance
1: again on the next split. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the next four years, we'll do it again. Uh, yeah, I a lot of people who were asking about Apple and hoping to get it at, like, someone, someone wrote on TikTok and was like, do you think, I'm waiting for Apple to get to $88 a share because I heard someone said it was going to go to 88 Yeah, insert the skeleton meme. You know, the, <laughs> the waiting <laughs> right, waiting forever you know? yeah 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 waiting for them. <laughs> you know, what if it like what if it doesn't and like that's one of the things that i always tell people even when they say like i, I don't want to sell yet because i want it to go higher what if it doesn't like you're, you're sitting yeah. on profits now what if it reverses you're going to be kicking yourself and yeah. what you know, you want to buy apple at 88 you're nitpicking over like you know 10 15 bucks in 10 years you're you're not going to look back and go, Oh, I, I, I bought Apple at one Oh five and I should have bought it at 90 or whatever. You're just going to be glad that you bought it because it's going to be $400 again one day. We
2: have a saying, don't be a dick for a tick Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and and that, that I say to people on a more serious note is like, listen, you know, any kind of dip in the markets, any kind of calamity, coronavirus, whatever it is, it's like, you have to ask yourself, do you think that Apple is going to be here tomorrow? Do you think the Bank of America or Citibank or American Airlines or whatever the blue chip company that is is going to be here tomorrow? Okay, if the answer is yes, then consider investing on those dips. If the answer is no, then we have bigger problems, right? You should probably Man, be like
0: Apple <laughs> specifically has like one of the biggest cash reserves. I think it was like somewhere around 80 billion. billion. it's it's, it's, it's
2: definitely in the in the billions. You know, like it's and it's worth 2 trillion today at like what at like uh, And they have income in the billions. And you could yeah, have income stock. in the billions. that's insane to me yeah
0: it's like if it if it drops to a certain point right like it all it obviously becomes like arbitrage money like you're literally getting billions of dollars Free money yeah yeah for like free money right so uh again i mean like four years from now you look at apple and apple will be like a four trillion dollar company you know
2: yeah. Just Nobody to cares. not not to uh, you know beat uh, the dead horse on Apple, I hope uh, a lot of our listeners took advantage of that, and a lot of our uh, Discord people took advantage of that. Um, but I wanted to discuss with you a little bit about like your longer term investing strategies. So um, as as uh, you know, as much as you are a trader, do you tend to maybe have a portfolio of longer term uh, investments that you hold in terms of stocks, and what kind of things do you look for?
1: Um, yeah, absolutely, I do. Um, so. I'll, can I tell you my, my Apple please? Yeah. By all means really me. quick. Sure. 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 Um, so in 2003 I graduated high school and I got, um, uh, an Apple laptop for my graduation present and all my friends in high school had the iPod, the iPod had just come out and the computer was amazing. And this was 2003. So, you know, there was, I mean, maybe there was a merit I don't know. Um, and I turned to my mom and I was like, I have like $3,000 from like dog walking and like, you know, shoveling cars I want to put that money into Apple stock. And it was $9 a share.
2: Uh, Jesus
1: but, Christ. <laughs> so we, we, we called my mom's, we called my mom's like stockbroker, And uh, like, even in 2003, he was like a hundred years old. And I was like, I, <laughs> I have 3000 bucks. Apple's $9 a share. I want to buy 300 shares. And he was just like, you're wasting your money. And you're like, I want to do this. <laughs> yeah, he, was, he was like, don't buy it. And I was like, "What? like, what does he care? Like he's getting a commission. And he was just like, don't buy the stock. It's a niche product, which, like now, we know is like exactly what you want to buy. <laughs> and, and he was like, nobody wants to buy music on a computer. Like they want tapes and CDs. And I was just like, um, <laughs> he like talked me out of it. And he was like, just sit on it for a week. Call me back. Do no. what you want to do. A week later, Apple's twelve dollars a share, and I'm furious. And I call him, and I'm like, like, look, it was nine. Now it's twelve. And he was like. He was like, "Let's compromise, and you can get like a hundred shares." So I buy a hundred shares at like twelve bucks, and from like two thousand three to like two thousand and like seven or whatever, it goes to like two hundred and twenty-five dollars a share. And yep. like all I can do is sit there and like kick myself for not being like more Pretty aggressive with my sales pitch to so like like let me get the three hundred. Um, and then the recession hit. And I didn't know anything about stocks back then. So I called him and I was like, what do I do? Like it was 225. Now it's 70. What should I do? And he was like, sell it, sell it, take your profits. And I was like 23 years old. Like the thing he should have said was, you know, I was (laughs) wrong. Look at, look at how well this company has done. They're crushing it. They got all these new innovations. Uh, You should buy more. It's $69 a share. Now you should buy more. But he told me to sell it, and I sold it at 69.
0: Oh, God, man. And- whoever, who, whoever the fuck that was deserves to get fired, man. If you were 23 years old, Ben, the advice would have been fucking YOLO that shit. You're 23.
1: <laughs> I don't know why he wasn't like... I was wrong on the company. People love this thing. You should you should buy more if you can afford it. Now you're 23. You'll ride out this. Well, he, that, yeah,
2: that's dude. exactly what I'm saying. It's like, bro, you're 23 years old. If you're if just the fact that your mind is thinking in terms of what stock to buy, it's like, do it. <laughs> yeah, and
1: was, yeah, that's oh my god, man. He was Holy just shit. like, sell it, take your profit. You bought it at 12. It's 69 now. You got 100 shares. You have a nice profit. Just take the profit, and I did. And then Apple ran. It hit it like 700 bucks.
0: Yeah, and it never turned back. Yeah, Never three turned months. months.
1: 700, you know, I did that seven
0: yeah, ooh, for one. Man, man you, you, know, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I get a lot of um, um, students from different age groups, mm-hmm. right? And, and the advice is so different for, for people depending on the age group, man. Like, sure. I, I get, you know, like, you get, like, 18-year-old kids who are like, hey, I want to go buy call options on, like, like XYZ stock. And I'm like, fuck it, yeah, go for it, man. Go YOLO, man. You're, 20, you're 18 years old, man. You can make the money back. You got time. Yeah. Right? You but then somebody... Yeah, and somebody who's like you know like forty five, and I'm like, oh man, you should probably leave more conservative. Man, you yeah, don't want right. to be like blowing your money, right? Yeah,
2: exactly. I mean, but
0: it's you know like first of all, I would never trust some advisor who has like who's old and doesn't understand trends in the markets to give you advice on on really um, evolving technology that they can't even foresee. I mean, like you see how technology has taken over the entire financial market, right? Like like the the FANG stocks make up 20% of beta in the indexes, right? They, they own the entire overall market, right? And who would have seen like subscription-based modeling for tech companies would be the 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 new way. I mean, like you, you look at how Netflix took over Blockbuster. You look at how Spotify took over the entire music industry. You look at how you know uh, Disney is now taking over you know the entire movie industry, right? Like it, it, it's this technology is transitioning everything, and, and if these, you know. Uh, brokers and advisors are giving you advice to hold, like to buy like General Electric, man, I'd, I'd fucking fire their asses.
2: For sure. Well, yeah. the, the issue is um, that these guys, uh, a lot of them uh, are if they're, if they're an actual broker, right, they're, they're probably dealing with a lot of older clients who, my mom still to this day, she's pushing 70, right? So she, when she when she wants to buy a stock, she still picks up the phone and calls a dude who's also pushing 70, right. right? So is this the type of person who's going to understand the current market trends, right? Probably not, at least in the sense of the emerging technologies, as Chen said. There's another factor that they're not getting either, which is back in the day, uh, you know, back in their day, you know, a lot of the financial uh, trends, you know, were uh, driven by actual real fundamentals and production. And now it's all driven by a Fed bubble. And I've talked to an alarming amount of financial advisors that have no idea the impact of central banks and stocks other than lower interest rates mean people can take loans. That's all they know.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It it was, I mean, like looking back now to, to have listened to someone who was I mean, probably honestly in his like late 70s at the time, telling me people don't want to buy music on the computer. When I'm like looking around and every- like That's all you see. Everyone's doing it. And this was like- Everybody's
0: got a fucking iPod and this guy's telling you not to buy music on a computer. Come on.
1: Right, like you have to look around and see what's <laughs> what people are moving away from. Like nobody's buying tapes, nobody's buying CDs. Like record stores are closing, everything is shifting. And he's like, no, it's a fad, it's a fad. People are gonna go back to their tapes and CDs. And I wasn't confident enough back then or smart enough in the, you know, way to like explain, make my case for Apple that I was just like, oh, okay, well he, you know, he's the pro. So I listened.
2: So, um, uh, in, in, in your experience, this, this other, uh, also brings up a, a question I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, you mentioned that you're self-taught. So, um, as, as someone who's gone through that experience and someone who's really had the determination to, to, uh, move forward and succeed, do you have any advice for these new self-starters aside from taking the ghost Squawk trading program, 12 week program starts, uh, starts today. So just saying, you can still get in. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a good plug again. <laughs> um, advice for new traders. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I like, I always caution people to, to walk before you run and like make investments first, you know, understand how the markets work, um, understand volatility, understand how news and rumors and all that, play into the markets, because I get a lot of people who, like I, I said, uh, options are just like straight over my head. And I get messages from people who are like, hey, I just started trading like four weeks ago, and I bought this like straddle with an expiration, and I don't, and I, I lot and I'm down like 80%. <laughs> and uh, what do I do? And I'm like, I'm like, how long have you been trading? And they're like, three, three, four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why oh have God. you gone to like the most like, you know, it, it gets like progressively More difficult as you go down the line of like you know investing is is easy and then you get to like some short term stuff and then you get to some day trading and then I think options are a little bit more complex. Got to
2: crawl before you can walk. (laughs) Crawl before
1: you can walk. And and these people are trying to sprint. They're like, like they're like I saw a guy on YouTube. uh, He made a million dollars trading options. So I want to trade options. And I'm like, do you know what options are? And they're like, no. (laughs) (laughs) We
2: get that all the time too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, I always say, like, oh, you know, like, start with some investments in companies that you know and brands that you like, you know, um, yeah. and just like follow the stock for a while. But they want to get rich and they want to get rich tomorrow. And so they go, like, they go all in on stuff they don't understand or they chase, like, you know, oh, Kodak. Yeah. I want my Kodak. And it's like, but, it's, but why? Like, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, we had, we yeah. had, this yeah. thing I, I, thing I, I saved, I saved,
0: I saved, uh, I saved one of our guys on, on that, man. Okay. <laughs> I think he was buying call options on Kodak after after it topped off and pulled back after like the 80%. news. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my god, man, no, 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 you no, gotta no. get the fuck out. <laughs> <Yeah. Okay. laughs> oh man, but like- no, that's that's actually some really really good advice that you're providing. I mean, like I I think um, in this day and age, there's just way too many people who are trying to get that Lamborghini fast. You know, before before you even put in the the time. before you put in the grind the hustle you know like uh, the the expectation after watching a couple youtube videos is just so high it's you know i mean and and, and it's really like a bunch of people who don't know anything about markets and they're going up against some of the most sophisticated uh, banks and hedge funds right you know who are involved in the markets and it's it's literally like you know it's kind of like you know you're you're taking money from a baby you know
1: right yeah for sure i always tell like i always say like I've been trading stocks for 10 years and some of this stuff is like, I don't even understand it. Like, I don't even, you know, I don't even get it sometimes. Um, and so like, take that into consideration. Like you've just started Mm -hmm. trading three weeks ago and you're, you're trying to go big and you don't even understand. You don't even understand what this stuff is. Um, be careful. Mm -hmm. Like I'm always just like, be careful because you know, you should learn to walk and then, yeah, and then jog, and then you can run, and then you can sprint. But you're trying to sprint
2: now. Do you have signals, people? Um, that, that's kind of like one of the pet peeves that I have is like people come in and um, they don't really care about trading or education. They don't even know what they're trading. They just want signal. <laughs> and I was wondering if you have that too. <laughs> you know? they, yeah. they just want that. They just want that ATM. To indicator. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the, the ATM is, is on. on. It's,
0: it's <laughs> the, the ATM exactly is running. running. <laughs> Yeah. Do you, it, it, how do, do you have that? and How do you deal with it?
1: How do I deal with with
0: uh, with people who are, with people who come to you and just be like, "Hey man, can you give trade alerts?" "Hey man, can you tell me when you're buying?"
1: Yeah, I get that all the time, and um, I like people. I, I, it's so funny because I'll get people who are like, "Do you do live trading?" And I'm like, "No, I don't do live trading because for me, like, live trading just looks like me sitting like this."
0: Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, bro you should watch my stream like like two hours throughout the day i'm like that, just talking to people in the markets and then like for like a split second out of that two hours i'm like all right guys i'm at in. all right guys i'm out boom <laughs> like literally today i was in the market i stream for two hours i was in the market for about a good 20 seconds yeah ten uh, tics, i was out i'm like all right good i made my 10 takes. i'm out yeah. <laughs>
1: people are like do live trades and i'm like no you don't want to watch live trades because i'm just sitting at my desk it's so boring and they're they're like well tell me what to buy why don't you tell us what to buy so we can profit alongside with you and i'm like that's not the point of my my channel like i started this whole tiktok thing to teach and empower people to be self-sufficient and not have to rely on like you don't you don't know who i am like i'm a stranger on the internet like maybe i know what i'm doing maybe i don't Mm -hmm. why are you why are you copying my trade? Like, you don't know the trading range. You don't know the stock. Like, maybe I know it. You know, you don't know my entry point, my exit point. You don't know uh, my target price or my stop loss. And so, if I just say, yeah, go buy this, it's not helping you. You know, yeah, it,
0: yeah absolutely. It might,
1: it might be hurting you because, like, I might be in and out of a trade like you said in like 20 seconds. But but honestly they just hold it for like three weeks and just watch it steadily drop. And then they get I've seen that
2: a lot. And and unfortunately, um they they just don't have the understanding um that you know it it is physically impossible to give signals in a reliable way. And the reason why (laughs) is because everybody's risk management tolerances are different you know, uh, you've been trading for 10 years. You might have the, uh, the balls to hold something underwater a little bit more than somebody else who maybe is trading with a lot less, uh, capital. Right. And and it's really important to understand that. And that's why, you know, we really push people. And, you know, I know we've been plugging our course and all that, but, but seriously, we, we actually do feel the reason why we started this was because we were tired of seeing that we were tired of seeing people get fucked. Yeah. And another. Yeah. Especially the
0: Forex millionaire dude with his amazing pattern yeah,
2: trading yeah. style. I, I, I always make fun of the, I think it's like Forex <laughs> trillionaire, some stupid account like that on Instagram. And he always has pictures with clothes he doesn't own around cars that he rented with money that's clearly printed out in bricks uh-huh. uh, with models that he paid for, right? Just, just for a, a nice little Instagram photo op. And and so those are the accounts that really unfortunately um they set a bad reputation for us because it's just kind of a churn and burn. You know, uh, pay, pay two hundred bucks or whatever, and then they, they they're left holding an empty sack. And it's like, but 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 you're a millionaire. And it's like, uh actually probably no he isn't. You know, there there's some accounts that they even forgot to 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 um erase the simulated trading uh <laughs> moniker on the front. Like they're, they're that greedy about it that they even forget to like photoshop
1: their own uh right. <laughs> yeah. or they'll say like um like what i think what a lot of people don't understand about some of these like um you know course guys who're just like gouging people is even if they are making lots of money they're they're making it because of how much they're charging like you're you're giving them money to trade with
2: mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm.
1: a lot yeah. of people a lot of people like the 800 hundred dollar a year or whatever things and the guy has like the ferraris and his pictures are like Stacks of money, he's able to trade because of of you. You're giving him money to trade, and then he's supposed to teach you, but he doesn't, and you learn nothing except that you just helped make this guy get rich. If if he, in fact they really are trading,
2: yeah, I had a um. Okay, yeah, two points on that. A lot of times, you know, the old the old trick is to have two trading accounts and take one position and then the opposite position on the other one. Sure. And uh, of course, it's in Sims, you don't care, so you just screenshot the one that won, basically. And, and the other one is, that's this, this, this an age-old trick that I see all the time. Uh, another one is, um, another fun fun story, uh, you know, an old uh, trading buddy of mine, You know, he's telling me he went to Miami and he met this, this guy who had the magic stock picker, right? Just a random number generator that give you a random stock, right? And he's like, how can you sell this? It's a complete scam. And he's like, yeah, but I drive a Lamborghini. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the name of the game. That's the name, yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh man, but it's it's actually funny. So what happens um, when like headline data drops and both your sim accounts
2: lose money because the market goes like this? <laughs> and and you, both you, accounts are in red. You, you you just don't post a screenshot that day. Yeah, you just post you, photo, you rely on Photoshop skills. Yeah. Say that
0: you posted. Oh man, in the garage. Yeah, um, kind I wanted to ask you something because because uh, an interesting thing you're on your bio is that you you are a wrestler, so I'm I take it that you're you're into like WWF, uh, yeah, Well I guess it's WWE now, but you know, when, when I was when I was when I was into it in, in the in the stone cold era, yeah,
2: with uh, <laughs> it was WWF then, you know, well, one of, the reasons, <laughs> that- yeah, one of the, reasons, the reasons, one of the reasons, one of the that- reasons I grew up that- that- drinking. That- so cool, Steve Austin <laughs> <laughs> obligatory get, reference get, I'm, sure you, you I'm yeah. sure you hear about I'm sure you hear obligatory <Yeah. reference>, sorry <laughs> oh.
0: um, so yeah I want to ask you with regards to your background in wrestling do you think that it has uh, played a role in your success as a trader
1: um that's interesting um probably not uh but i do have a friend who's um started trading and he was very into the bodybuilding side of he he was into bodybuilding he did a lot of bodybuilding shows and mm. it was it was interesting to me because he's a new trader but he's been sticking he has like a he has like his his stop loss and he has his goals and he is um incredibly like uh disciplined with his trades mm-hmm. Well, that's one thing.
2: I don't mean to interrupt you, but just one thing that I can say really quickly. I was wondering if you had any martial arts experience, right? Because oftentimes those go hand in hand. And I can tell you because I trained in Muay Thai for 20 years and I've had, I I was going to ask you about the the injuries because I've had similar, I've been thrown through walls and slammed on hardwood and concrete and all that. So I know exactly where you're coming from. Sure, yeah. I can attest that, that the discipline aspect is incredibly important in uh, trading. Mm-hmm. Also the mindfulness, right? The ability to keep a clear mind. Because when you're punches to the head the last thing you want to be thinking of is
1: like uh you know uh you know red
2: uh, red zeros you know what i mean <laughs> you have to be-
1: uh, um but my 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 bodybuilding friend who who has like he's like even it's even hard for me to cut losses and i've been doing this for 10 years but it, it occurred to me the other day that maybe the reason that he's so good at sticking to his plan is because he's so regimented in his bodybuilding like he like yeah. I, I have to eat 1800 calories and that is it. Yeah. He comes in in line every single day. He doesn't go one calorie over or one calorie under. Um, he can stick to a plan really, really well. His his diet is in, dialed in. His workout is dialed in, and so it kind of makes sense that he would be good at sticking to... Yeah.
2: Being disciplined right. is
0: incredibly important. What, what I was trying to get at there is that you're, you're absolutely right, and... Um, most people I find that become successful at trading, it's because they have a very um, stringent routine, right? Like they have a trading plan. They, they have a, you know, they scan the news before they trade. They look at the charts before they trade. Uh, they, they prepare for every possible outcome before getting in. They know exactly where they're getting out. They know exactly, they anticipate what to expect in terms of the moves in the market, And they have all of this mapped out and then they just kind of just flow and follow their plan. Right. Right. And it takes um, a certain level of discipline uh, in order to achieve something like that. And what I find is that those who are um, participating in sports, now whether it be wrestling or fighting or any other sport, tend to build up that level of discipline and aptitude that they can kind of transfer over to trading, which will help them to become very
1: successful. Interesting. Yeah, um, as far as the wrestling thing goes, I broke my back on the very first day of class. So
2: I actually wanted to ask you about that. Like, that sounds like an awesome story. So what happened there?
1: Um, you know, I, uh, I think when I was like three years old, I must have seen like a sports recap of Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. And I was like, I'm going to do that when I grow up. <laughs> and um, you know, I think like most little kids, like they see a fire truck or whatever, and they're like, "I'm gonna be a fire." Yeah. Truck. They, like then they grow up and they're like, "No, I'm gonna be a lawyer and work for a firm and like be miserable." But I, um, <laughs> I like, I, I never, I never changed my mind and like. My mom like kept thinking like he'll grow out of it. He'll grow out of it. But like, <laughs> nah, like, no nah, we're, we're boys. <laughs> we're yeah, boys. <laughs> like, Eighteen. I'm ready to graduate high school, and all my friends are like going to like these top colleges, and I was like, I'm either gonna go to Bone Breakers or chaotic wrestling, and like, uh shit, Bone Shaker. <laughs> <laughs> I, know.
2: I knew that was a good take, man. I think I, you beat know, on this one, Danny. What, what, what? what there, there, there's no mimosas. There's I'm, I'm gonna start just because of that. I'm, I'm gonna start a, a wrestling school called Mimosas.
1: Mim- mimosa Pro Wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh man. So I just like I, I was fortunate enough that my mom was like, you know, this is this is like a young person's game, the whole wrestling thing, and school will always be there. You can always go to college, but if you're 40 and you're like working in an office somewhere, you're gonna look back and wonder like, what could have been um yeah so she was just like go awesome mom yeah right like she was just like go for it um if it doesn't work then you can figure out what to do next and um it was the first day and uh it, it's one of the top pro wrestling training schools in the country like today um like I, I i got to meet the rock a couple years ago and i was telling him about it and he was like oh chaotic wrestling that's a great school this guy went there that guy went there triple h went there like he like knew <laughs> on the history Um, but it was the first day and we were going through like all the drills and stuff. And, you know, like, I don't think a lot of people understand like how painful pro wrestling is, you know, incredibly
2: physically demanding,
1: physically demanding. The ropes are like telephone cables, you know, and they slam you into them. You have bruises all over the place. Um, the mat is just like a piece of fabric over wood, you know, um, it hurts and they just have you at it over and over all day. And, um, we're like nearing the end of the day and they're like, all right, we're going to throw you guys over the top rope now and here's how you do it. And, um, there were maybe like 15 people in the class and nobody could do it. Like the first three or four people would like bounce on the top rope or like crawl over or like, you know, fall back into the ring or kind of like roll over the rope. And it was my turn. And the coach grabbed me and threw me. And I like, like a gymnast, like I landed like perfect on my feet and he was like, wow, wow get back in here, do it again. So I got back in and I did it a second time. And he was like, is anyone paying attention? Like he got it. He's, he's like, watch him learn from him. And I like, it went right to my head. And I was like, yeah, like the (laughs) first day I'm like, I'm the best already. And he like grabs me and throws me. And I don't really know what happened, but like I bounced on the top rope and overshot the protective mat, which is really like just a, a piece of rubber. And I like, I looked down and I saw like straight cement. And I was just like, fuck. And, um, I hit the cement and the coach wanted to call an ambulance and like all I could hear in my head was like, they have to know how tough I am. Cause like I have to make it. And if I, if I like chicken out on the first day, you know, they're going to think I'm a wimp or whatever. So I was like, no, 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 I'm okay. And like, I was obviously not okay. And I got back in the ring for like another three or four hours and just got slammed like repeatedly on my back and, um, I woke up the next morning and went to the hospital and they gave me, I had an MRI and they were like, were you in like a car accident? Like what happened to you? And um, (laughs) I had cracked like some vertebrae at the bottom of my back, like right in half and, um, had like exposed nerves. And they were like, we're not going to operate because you're 18 just sit and sit in the bed for like six months and you'll be fine. Um, but he was Jesus like Jesus Christ was, your, your like days of being a pro wrestler are pretty much numbered right <laughs> oh god damn it! my god yeah
0: Jesus Christ man well man I'm, I'm glad that never happened to me because you know I was throwing out some rock bottoms every
1: now and then <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah my friends yeah. and i used to do that in high school too
0: oh, yeah. oh man man boys will be boys right and shit yeah. i was like drop
1: out oh, I, I was giving my nephews like stunners and shit yeah <laughs> Back and i used to like hit each other with stunners and rock bottoms like all day <laughs> but when uh then we get all hyped up
0: we're like yeah the people's elbows come out right now
2: <laughs> <laughs> when when i was uh training in muay thai um you know I, I was i was coaching a lot too and we had this um one one guy was a super heavyweight Right, he was 320 pounds. Had to cut weight to get down to 265, right? Which is Whoa. the limit of of heavyweight, um, you know, at uh, in the RFC, uh, actually here in Tampa. And uh, I was 175, and it was my job to get this guy ready for a fight. So I'm sitting here, and let me tell you something: there are weight classes for a reason. Uh, when this dude hit me, he literally sent me through a wall. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but he made weight. That's a lot of weight. He to did.
2: cut. He did. He did. Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, he was a he was a good fighter but man uh that was that was some intense times yeah, yeah it's like when team. you get hit and it's like an earthquake like yeah, you just do sure. don't know where you are
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the scary thing about that is like it's a fight, so they'll keep coming, right? It's yes, not like,
2: exactly. He's under no obligation to stop and, and
1: uh, analyze your feelings. Yeah, for sure. Like in, uh, <laughs>
2: read you some poetry. <laughs>
1: yeah, like in, in wrestling, if someone gets like really knocked on their ass, like the guy will just sell to the crowd for a little bit, or like you know, showboat or walk around while the ref checks on him. But in like UFC or whatever. They hit you, you <laughs> fall, they jump on you, and they keep hitting.
2: Yeah, it's actually a race for the ref to, like, dive over because you're not supposed to end that fight until the ref calls it. Sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <brutal. laughs>
0: That's so, crazy, man.
2: Did you uh, pursue any other sports or anything throughout your life, or you were pretty much singularly focused on wrestling?
1: I, I was, like, hyper-focused on wrestling. I had uh, not even just, like, sports, but, like like – just career-wise, I never thought of anything else. Like it was pro wrestling or nothing. Um, nice. And I like, like that
2: determination.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's great determination. Until your back gets broken on the first day, <laughs> then you don't know what to do. You know? Yeah. Um, no, no sports. I go to the gym. I lift weights, but but no. Um, I'm not. I'm not athletically inclined, which is funny because like I wanted to be a pro wrestler, which is like incredibly athletic and demanding. <laughs> all right
0: well um is there any uh any last words that you want to give to the viewers about what you do how to get in contact with you um or anything like that uh Kenneth?
1: yeah the, uh, people can hit me up on either tiktok um or i'm on instagram but like not really because tiktok is just done so well for me oh wait, actually
0: actually have one, one last question for you how do you feel about the tiktok or like the the band the, the, the revoke of the band because you're active on tiktok right but like did you feel like you were like you're gonna lose your
1: audience yeah for sure i um it's funny because like i started this whole thing about like a little more than a year ago and um i started it on instagram and did like all the things you're supposed to do to get more followers and it just yeah. was like it was like a snail's pace. Like I, I think at the end of a year, I had like 185 followers, like that was it. And my YouTube channel had like 50 followers. And then someone was like, get on TikTok. And I was like, isn't that just like high school girls lip syncing and dancing? And they were like, "They were like, no, it's like, it's so much more. TikTok has totally changed. So I got on TikTok and like this morning, actually, I hit 20,000 um, followers. Amazing, wow. And I like- oh, I, I can't, like, I I can't believe that that's happened. And it's a little intimidating, honestly, because, like, people are are messaging me with, like, real, like, hard luck stories. Like, what do I do? I lost everything. Can you help? Um, But uh, I was totally afraid that I was going to lose it because it was, like, then that means, like, back to Instagram, which was, like, not working at all for me.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah, we've had similar experiences. Uh, TikTok for us has been working out great. Uh, we we also have a great social media um, viral growth consultant, so he's been helping us out a lot with that. But uh, please don't forget to to send us the link to your um you know, your social media, your TikTok, your Instagram, sure. all that stuff. Also, if, if you have any books you want us push or any 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 yeah. kind of merchandise, we'll be sure to plug you. Uh, if you're thinking about writing a oh, book, well,
0: actually, while while you're on, while you're on here, do you trade in the morning? Do I? Yeah. Do you, do you trade in the morning? Cause I, I usually live stream from 11 to, uh, sorry, from 9 a.m. Eastern standard time to 11, mm-hmm. uh, would love to have you come on and just chat for like five, 10 minutes. If, uh, if you're up for it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I trade, all, I trade, most of my trades happen in the morning. Um, either like, okay, right- yeah, yeah. Well,
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if you're up for it, I mean, I can send you like a zoom link cause I do, I do some live streaming, um, on that. And then, you know, we can just you know uh, bounce some ideas off of the markets, uh, and whatnot. And, uh, you know have a, have a fun time. It's like, uh, Usually, this is kind of like the format we extend to, like everything that we do.
1: For sure, I would love to. Yeah, I'm always nine thirty to like around eleven. Just like you said, is when I'm most active. Awesome. So. Oh, okay, yeah,
0: yeah, that'd be perfect. perfect. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be in touch and we'll, we'll shoot you off the, the, uh, the invite and we'll, we'll set up a date for that. Uh, it'll be, be pretty fun. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, in the meantime, if you have uh, any like social media tags or anything like that, that you want us to help promote or whatnot, we'll uh, send it over and uh, we'll be more than happy uh, to, uh, to do that for you. Uh, this episode I believe is going to be airing on uh, this Sunday, right? This Sunday, yeah, this yeah. Sunday, yeah, yeah. We have to we have to send it off to our video editor and our audio guy to make sure that it gets uh, proper. And then, uh, yeah, we'll definitely send you a link uh, on, on your social media. Yeah, I mean, if you, you could can, please uh, help us out.
2: Yeah, if you could please help us out by promoting, uh, you know, your, uh, uh, you know, interview on your social media. We have a surprising lack of follow through when it comes to that, which okay. I don't really understand because if you're on the show, you want to promote it to your <laughs> yeah. followers. So help no, us absolutely. out. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so we would really, really yeah. appreciate that. And um, other than that, you know, we respect your time. We're coming upon an hour. It's been a real honor to have you on the Thanks. show. <clears throat> a lot of interesting thoughts, interesting commentary. You lived a really interesting life. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm more than positive or we're gonna be getting a lot of positive feedback on this. So uh, until then, yeah. And
0: please leave a comment to the viewers who, who had the best drink, who, but yeah. until then, Kenneth, <laughs> cheers. <laughs> Actually, then. I think you're the first guest that also brought a beer too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right we'll keep it spooky guys keep it spooky hashtag what drink are you cheers <laughs> all right take care guys it was a lot of fun thank take you care. All right, we'll-